It was one of those days when you probably remember where you were when you heard the news. Brian Clough passed away on the 20th of September 2004. Of all places, I was in Paris. Long before the days of easily accessible Wi-Fi, I had to make my way to an internet cafe and booked a slot there in order to update the Tribute website. A few days later, I managed to get home in time for the Tribute event in Nottingham's Old Market Square. And then a few weeks later was the memorial service at Pride Park, where in terrible weather, I reported for the BBC. Uh, among the sporting figures due to pay tribute tonight is the uh, former cricketer Jeff Boycott. Let's talk again to Marcus Alton, who is still, unfortunately, sorry about this, Marcus, outside uh, Pride Park and, and yes. in the pouring rain. Uh, Brian Clough was a big admirer of Jeff Boycott, wasn't he? Yes, that's right. Uh, over the years, Jeff Boycott became a good family friend and Brian Clough was always very fond of, of cricket. And I was certainly grateful for a sturdy raincoat when I was crouching at the side of the pitch during that service and on the pitch was a specially constructed stage now one of the people who had a key role on that stormy night with all the thunder and lightning was nicholas henshaw who was then a priest at derby cathedral he led the service accompanied by his colleague elaine jones i spoke to nicholas on a previous green jumper and said that with the awful weather he must have been pleased it was a covered stage well sort of except except it didn't really work um, because we had the choir there, we had various clergy, and of course, it was the stage set for the family and for Jeff Boycott to do their tributes and so forth. Yes. And and what, what I suppose we'd underestimated was why we shouldn't have had cushioned chairs there. Because although it was covered, it was not entirely a tent, it was a roof. And so when we actually sat down, well, you can imagine what happened, because oh, the seats were absolutely they were like sponges yes. my memory was and we, we, we wore our best robes of course and so they got completely soaking but the great dry cleaning afterwards was a great, was a great blessing well you coped uh, admirably i must say I, I didn't know that but i remember you beginning the service by saying brian always liked the the pitch to get a good soaking and um <laughs> here's here's a, a snippet of of your introduction um that night so i'm just going to play a little bit of it and when, and when the thunder, thunder roared, was it God or was it Brian? An enormously warm welcome to this celebration of the life of Brian Clough. As you know, originally, this started life as a service in Derby Cathedral. Within 48 hours of that plan hatching, a service on neutral ground where several thousand could take part, it became clear that the scale of this event would be something quite, quite different. The keynote of this is the gathering of people from so many different parts of Brian's life, famous and very ordinary together, to celebrate a person whose profile in the East Midlands was second to none and whose reputation as a human being was truly international. Does that bring back some memories? It really does. Gosh, I still sound the same. That's quite good, isn't it? All these years. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yes. It really was a memorial service like no other, though, wasn't it? Well, I think it was an extraordinary experience from the very outset. Of course, Brian had been, his funeral had already taken place, which, you know, uh, very quietly with the family. And I remember the first meeting with the family. You know, how do we do a memorial service? How's it going to go? And then you realise it was going to get bigger and bigger. 
and we had a meeting with all our comms people and all our logistical people and the, and then of course the police showed up in a good way and they said actually the capacity of Derby Cathedral we cannot guarantee people's safety and actually that was actually a really important moment I don't mean just because of the scale of the event but I think one of the issues for the Clough family was that how do you how do you ever reconcile Nottingham Forest and Derby County? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. that was a running issue for all this. And so we thought, well, at least the cathedral's neutral, but it is Derby Cathedral. So it's got the name there, hasn't it? But when we moved it to Pride Park, of course, the Nottingham Forest supporters said, Oh, that's fine, because it wasn't you know, it's the cathedral at Pride Park. And I think that's what we put actually on the service order. And I think that really helped heal. I, I, it wasn't simply that Brian Clough Way then became the main road again. So even that birth, if you like, of the of the of the service was extraordinary, like the man himself. But gosh, the service was was something else. But as you say, the weather. I mean, if in Derby Cathedral, the rain wouldn't have got through the roof. I mean, it was like stair rods coming down from heaven. Yes. I don't think. I, I remember I was doing a, I was doing an interview with Sky Sports or something. And I looked out into the stadium. I thought we're not going out into that, are we? I mean, it was unbelievable. It's some of the worst weather I've ever experienced in Derby or anywhere else. Extraordinary. A sign of the power of the man, maybe. Yes, that that's right. And in fact, Barbara said in, in the service, didn't she, that uh, maybe it was uh, Brian telling everyone he didn't want any fuss. <laughs> but uh, I remember reporting. Uh, I was reporting outside the ground with a radio car with a huge mast on it and there was thunder and lightning and I knew at that point the mast had to come down uh, for, for safety. It really was uh, quite a night and the cathedral choir that they really coped brilliantly I thought with, with the weather conditions especially uh, and there's a, a little clip here I've got um, that we can just remind ourselves. famous football hymn of course abide with me that they did really well considering as you say that they must have been soaked to the skin the, ampli the amplification was good that makes all the difference yes i, I mean soaked to the skin uh, quite small children some of them on, on a vast field the biggest arena you know, they'd probably ever been in and you know they did and i, I think that's again i think I, mean, I, I say this you know i run a cathedral now down here in, in essex i think one of the things about cathedrals is you're constantly delivering professionally and therefore we're good at, you know we, we should be, be we, you can rely on us to yes. deliver i suppose so that night i had no questions about my director of music or the other musicians or the choir boys i knew that they deliver and again i think that's part of what builds the confidence doesn't it we're here not to be overawed by a great occasion but to serve a great occasion and to serve the memorialization of, a, of an extraordinary man there were lots of different tributes that night that, that were said on the stage were there any that stood out for you looking back the, the two that really stood out for me were nigel's and jeff boycott's uh, we, we got to know nigel a bit during the preparations and i thought it was you know, it was a beautiful tribute by a son to a father uh, and and it's it was it was it was beautifully 
normal. I suppose would be yes. the, the way of putting it. You know, it was nervous. It was it was concerned. It was a you know a grieving son, and, and I found that very moving. I, I think the Jeff Boycott one, and uh, you know whatever one makes of Jeff Boycott, it, it was a supreme performance. Uh, it, was. it was really quite scary. But it was really quite scary being that near him, you know, with that hat on, standing there delivering this kind of very powerful talk. And I was like, oh, oh, yes, this is quite interesting. Um, so uh, those were two that very much stood out. And of course, Barbara herself came on stage at one point, and, and that was very beautiful. That's right. And you, you're talking about Jeff Boycott there. And yes, he was a very imposing figure with that big hat on. He, he said that um, people thought that Brian. Uh, was brash and outspoken, but those that thought that didn't know him really well. He said he was a warm and generous person with a heart of gold. And uh, he recalled a day when Brian used his man management skills to give him a boost. I remember one day he came to watch me at Chesterfield. It was a gorgeous sunny day, lovely batting pitch, and I got myself out. I was so upset, I stayed in the dressing room. I was very disappointed and downhearted. And after about an hour, he came into the dressing room. He said, I know you're down. He said, but look at them outside, your teammates. They aren't sure if they'll ever make runs. He said, you, he said, you'll make runs if not today, tomorrow. And if not tomorrow, the day after. He said, you've got talent, young man. And he made me feel 10 feet tall, and yet I'd failed. And I always felt that was his real strength. He was a genius at man management. A real insight into the relationship there between Brian and, and Jeff Boycott. Absolutely. And I guess that was a theme of the evening, wasn't it? Was, was that it, this was not just some well-known person in the life of football. This was somebody for whom those relationships, those friendships, those... Well, and sometimes the opposite, of course. But the way in which um, he'd actually... And that, well, that seemed to be a key in what so many people spoke about in how he'd managed footballers. It actually wasn't about telling them what to do. It was showing them by example, inviting them into a relationship. And that sense of friendship was really crucial. Yeah. And what's your lasting memory of that particular night? <laughs> <laughs> My lasting memory, and I don't know if it was ever caused on film properly, was as we as <laughs> as we processed out, yes. there was a mini Mexican wave through the crowd. Ah, wonderful. And, and I thought, this is never going to happen again. You know, at, the, at the end of a service, however great, I'm not going to get a Mexican wave again. No. <laughs> and I thought, but I thought again, that really summed it up. If we'd been in a cathedral, that wouldn't have happened. If it had been a solemn occasion, that wouldn't have happened. And if we hadn't got the crowd on our side, that wouldn't have happened. But instead, that felt like all of us together, um, all of us together saying something really important about what we were celebrating, that we could do that so freely. And the full interview with Nicholas Henshaw, along with more tributes on the night, is in episode number 21, called Thunder Roared. He was provocative and fascinating, but he had a clear picture of the way he wanted his teams to play football, which was on the floor, passing the ball with great defence. His teams often won the fair play league, and yet they still won trophies. And it wasn't luck that brought his teams success and himself success. It was a unique style of management that we had never seen before. You can also see more tributes and read about more memories on the tribute website, brianclough.com. I'm Marcus Alton, the editor of the site, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon and sharing more memories about the great man in the green jumper. <laughs>